Coming up on Golf Today, the perfect recipe for the modern golfer is talent mixed with personality. Added in a little honesty and humor. It's a hard dish to take on, but we have found it in Tyrrell Hatton, the 2020 Bay Hill champ. Stops by to talk his win, his reactions, and much more. Plus, a look back at 2018 when Rory McIlroy strutted his way around Bay Hill to a Sunday 64 at Cardigan, a 14th PGA Tour win, and a celebration that just needed a hat toss to complete the Bay Hill cycle. Highlights from that golfing exhibition from Mr. McElroy. And Peter Jacobson stops by to talk Mr. Palmer and give us some of his best Arnie memories as we all remember the King this week in Orlando. It's a great week. It's a great tournament. It's that time. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. PGA Tour in Orlando this week for the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill Club in Lodge. That's a tough finishing stretch. 17th hole, the par three. You know, hit it to 30, 40 feet and walk away and be happy. Try to two-putt. That's really the story of this golf course. Special week as the game celebrates the king at his longtime winter home. It looks marvelous on a Wednesday. Damon Ack alongside Shane Bacon. So much to be appreciative about this week as we celebrate the King. Feels like a special week. It feels like a different week mm. on tour. Wearing my Arnie sweater, yeah, as like you it. can see. I like it, it. it is it is cool. I mean, you know this golf course well. You know this area well. Why does Bay Hill feel different? It just feels different because it ties us to the past. It ties us to Arnold Palmer. Even though he is no longer with us, you can feel his spirit this week. The golf course, it really doesn't change he wanted it to play tough after all you know he was an ambassador but he was a player at heart and he loved to to kibitz with them behind 18 and talk about the game and you know you tweak his equipment in his garage I mean at the end of the day Arnold Palmer was a player and he wants to present a tough test and even without him the tough test remains you showed 17 off the top yeah. 17 and 18 when you look at that finishing stretch when we get to this weekend if the conditions stay what we expect them to stay what we've seen over the last few years at the Arnold Palmer Invitational it is a place where par is an enormously helpful score for the eventual champion. And we'll get into some of the numbers and we'll get into some of our picks in a little bit. But this is a place where it feels like par is important. It feels like last week as well, where you make pars down the stretch, you have a chance to win. And we're in that stretch right now where pars are massively important. And it's not just Honda. It's not just Bay Hill. Of course, we've got the players upcoming as well from API. We go to the players. Valspar tough as well. WGC Dell Technologies match play late in March. Valero, Texas open right before we get to Augusta National. Just buckle up, ladies and That's gentlemen. Right. A lot of tough, great golf in the next few weeks. But you'll notice a, a name that dominates. Look at our friends at points bet the odds to win. They just copy paste this? Season. I mean, John Rom, John Rom, John Rom. They could have said Rombo or Johnny just to <laughs> number one in the world. Mix it up. But John Rom expected to do some pretty great things over the next several weeks so points bet has John Rahm the favorite in all the big championship events I ask you D hack who is primed for a big run we sat on these de this desk yesterday talking about the superstars needing to start making some noise in 2022 who do you have making a big run you know my respect level for John Rahm I think he's the best in the game but it's not him you know I think Brooks Kepka is the most mentally tough player since Tiger but it's not him to me it is the understated Colin Morikawa who I think will have a great run over the next several weeks and look what he's done you know 2021 2022 so far that's I mean, pretty strong you know without a win second t7 t5 t2 
This is a player who began his career much to me like Tim Duncan, the big fundamental who does everything right, even if he doesn't do it in a loud way. His first 22 cuts made, you know, the, the, to start his PGA Tour career, the best since Tiger Woods. Won his first PGA Tour event in his sixth start. Won his first major in his second major start, in his second major in his eighth major start. You know, he may not have the the pip notoriety. You may not be, you know, blonde hair and dyeing his hair or or making the videos like Bryce DeChambeau does. But this is someone who just punches the clock, Shane. Yeah. He goes about his business, and his iron game carries the day. I mean, the entire bag to me. I mean, it's the driving and it's the iron. I mean, of course, iron's the generational talent from Colin yes. Morikawa. But, I mean, really through the bag. And he's also got that special ability that I think is quite unique for this modern golfer is he does have those weeks where he putts not good. He putts great. And when you, when you take a look at some of the top ten players in the world, when they lack that skill in terms of putting consistently week to week on the greens, you rarely see them just have the week where they're first in yeah. strokes game putting. And Colin Morikawa doesn't just have those weeks. He has them at the enormous events. He has them at major championships. He also seems to have the right mentality. He doesn't strike me as a player or person who's going to end up on the wrong side of a headline or the wrong side of the fairway for that example. He just seems to keep things simple. Now, some players do thrive in chaos. Right. They welcome it. Colin Morikawa seems to me the opposite. He just goes about his business, not going to grab the headlines. He's going to keep it inside the ropes, keep it simple, and let his game do the talking. The only two times we've really seen Colin Morikawa struggle with anything away from the golf course is when he's had the opportunity to be world number one. You think about right. the way he played in the final round at the Hero, and even you know at, at Riv a couple of weeks ago, if you remember, he has that pitch in on the 10th. All of a sudden, he's right there with the chance to win the golf tournament right. and become world number one. And the next tee shot, the par 5 11th, he blows it way right. That seems to be the only thing holding him back in terms of the outside forces. And you talk about so many players that deal with those types of things. Colin Morikawa is a player that seems very, very comfortable in his own skin, especially when he's out on a golf course. Another player and the, someone that I'm really watching to make a big leap in this year especially is Victor Hovland. And he's already been on an incredible run when you look at his last seven worldwide starts. I mean, he's got three victories. I mean, this guy has played incredible golf but he's improved in a lot of those categories he need improving in mm. and Victor Hovland really needs that big big win he's had some really solid wins he's played great at events but he's still looking for that big kind of major championship or players championship or WGC win where all of a sudden Victor Hovland is beating that elite field he's beat some great PGA Tour fields but I'm waiting for Victor Hovland to beat everybody and I feel like that's coming very very soon in 2022 if it's not the players I feel like he's gonna have a really good chance at Augusta National one of your bold predictions for 2022 is that he will end the year or the season as the number one player in the world from what you've seen so far with those victories but also knowing who he has to leap over right. for example John Rahm and Colin Morikawa how do you feel about that prediction at this I, point? I, I feel great especially kind of when you look at some of the statistical stuff that Victor Hovland has improved on already in 2022 he's picked up seven yards per drive on average this year versus what he's done in 2021 that is big you know when you watch Victor Hovland drive the golf ball it seems powerful and the numbers are starting to kind of back that up the putting has improved as well this is a guy that was outside the top 100 basically throughout his career currently in the top 40 in Stroh's game putting so he's working on certain things that are going to help him get in contention of the big events he starts to win those golf tournaments and it could be scary considering the way he has played when he's locked in. I mean, this is a guy that can dominate. I, I look at how you win golf tournaments at times throughout your career, and Victor Hovland is the type of player that can win golf tournaments by six and seven shots. That's when he's at his best. He can do it. And this is one of those statement weeks, the Arnold Palmer yes. Invitational. Let's go back to four years ago, tournaments we remember, 2018, Rory McIlroy making his statement. And it had been a couple of years, Shane. You'll remember he hadn't won since 2016. 
Last time he won the Tour Championship of 2016, the day he won was the day Arnold Palmer passed away, September 25th, 2016. He talked a lot about that after this final round. But this was this was Rory on full display, D. I mean, this is what we look for when we talk about great Rory is the ball striking is going to be there, the driving is going to be there, but the putter showing up. Yeah, this is what Rory looks like when he's height of power, when all facets of the game are working. That was the par three seventh hole, makes the birdie putt. He just gets on these runs, and it's so fun to watch. And this is where he's able to separate himself yes. when he's hitting the driver 330 and when he's got the short irons and when he's able to attack these pins. This is Rory in full flight. Rory McIlroy can take down tough golf courses. Yeah. I mean, he can go out there and shoot sub 65 rounds on golf courses when a lot of PGA Tour players can't get to that number. Yeah, this is someone who uh, I have a lot of expectations for. And it's been fun to hear him talk of late about liking this player, like liking the guy that, that came to the dance and not trying to chase distance and chase down Bryson DeChambeau. This, of course, was 15 from off the green. Just another one of those great moments from four <laughs> years ago and a great reaction. You know, he, he just occasionally chips in in big moments when he's really feeling himself, right? You've yeah. seen big pitch-ins. This, of course, at the 18th. He said after, I thought about throwing the hat. I thought about pulling a full Tiger right in the middle to close things off. 64 to finish, D. Yeah, Brody's five of his last six. First PGA Tour win you mentioned since September 25th of 2016 and the stats that week a lot of ones with the putter it's funny Justin Rose played with him that week said it's not great to see Rory making putts because he was <laughs> making them against me but when he is making putts he's incredibly hard to beat and he'll try to win Bay Hill this week for the second time in his career take a look at the tee time alongside the most recent winner on the PGA Tour Sepp Straka former world number one in Adam Scott let's hear from Rory McIlroy who met the media early. I mean, I felt like the, the three tournaments that I've played this year, I've played pretty well. Um, I had a I had a pretty solid week at Riviera without doing anything um, really special. I had a good weekend. I think just more of the same. I, I've you know I've driven the ball pretty well. Um, I've seen a bit of an improvement in iron play. Uh, my short game has been really good. So, I mean, if anything, just getting the consistency to a point where I feel like I can. I can play like that day in, day out, and um, but the game feels good, so just sort of trying to keep doing what I'm doing. So nice to see Rory McIlroy in front of a microphone. Nice to see Rory McIlroy already with wins this season. That's something you and I've talked about is kind of getting that early season win. You don't have to wait to answer the questions on when that victory is going to come. Yeah, and I wonder where his mind is right now at this point, knowing what's at stake for him. Not this week so much, but just this season. Trying to build momentum, of course, and get the victory this week in Orlando, but knowing what's coming around the bend. He's going to start to get peppered. Shane, as you know, with questions of how are you going to approach Augusta? Where's your mindset at this point? And this is someone who's been dealing with this for quite a long time. Hasn't won a major since 2014. But for Rory, it's about building momentum. It's talked about maybe adding San Antonio to the schedule to find a week to play into Augusta and have some form. Pete Sampras used to call it being matched tough in tennis. Rory looking to be matched tough in golf. I like that approach, really. I like the idea of going out and playing a golf tournament before the biggest week of your year because Augusta National is always going to be the biggest week of Rory's year. But I did love when you know Rory gets these questions about major championships. Something that he has brought up a lot is I've won everything else. You know, when you go back yeah. through mm. what he's done since 2014, I mean, this is a guy that has won everything else. FedEx Cups, Players' Championships, 
APIs. Mm. I mean, he's won big, big golf tournaments with similar fields that you see at major championships. For Rory, he just hasn't been able to find the recipe those four weeks out of the year. It's very tough to do right now, D. When you look at the major champions and how many multiple major championships that we have right now for the modern player, it's tough to find m multiple names. I mean, you're thinking about Colin Morikawa and Jordan Spieth and Brooks Kepka and Rory, and that's pretty much it. There's only a few things that can get him excited anymore. I mean, think about what he's accomplished so young and what's left for him to do. The box that he's trying to check is a very big right. box, but I do think the way that 2021 ended, in particular when we were in Kohler and we saw the tears and the soundbite and how desperately he wanted to play well for his mates on the European Ryder Cup team, it had contributed nothing until that final day and was just out of it. And it took kind of reaching that nadir to kind of find a way to dig out of it and to appreciate the game and appreciate his love for that event, but also for a bigger picture, knowing that there are still some great things for him to do. It's just got to be such a, a unique road that he's taking. There's no one else right now who can kind of relate to what he's going through. It's easy to win majors when they're easy to win. Rory McIlroy is winning majors by eight shots. I mean, he's running away from the field. He was the best player showing up week to week. It felt very much like what we had with Tiger Woods. It felt like what we had with Vijay Singh at times and Phil Mickelson when they were the best player at these major championships and they'd start off with a good opening round score and they would cruise to either victory or being in those final two groups on a Sunday and then all of a sudden it gets tougher. I mean, I think we're going through that with Brooks Kepka right mm. now. For Brooks Kepka, winning these majors seem very, very easy. And then the scar tissue starts to build, and it all of a sudden feels a lot harder to do. For Rory McIlroy, it is trying to make Major Week, however this is possible, make Major Week feel like Bay Hill and make Major Week feel mm. like it's the players. And I know that's easier said than done, but I think this is something Rory is trying to do in, in himself, is to try to make the week's feel a little quieter because if he can do that, we know he's got the game to show up. He's just got to believe that it's a week where I got to go play four rounds. That's what I got to go do. That's my business. Do you believe? I mean, are you bullish on a guy? You've picked Victor to have this great run. I picked Kyle Morikawa. Neither of us picked a guy who, who's been there and done that. Are you bullish that that, that moment at the Ryder Cup was the bottom and that he is on the climb. He's got that win under his belt since, but can he be the player that we all expect him to be? I don't think we'll ever see Rory McIlroy play the golf that he played in 2014 again. I think there's a lot of players that I would say that about. I don't think we're going to see Jordan Speed like we saw Jordan Speed before. I don't think we're going to see Brooks Kepka mm. like we saw Brooks Kepka before. But do I think Rory mm. McIlroy can win majors? Of course. Do I think Rory McIlroy can go out and win at the Masters? Absolutely. Do I think Rory McIlroy can win another Players Championship? Yeah. Yes. We know Rory McIlroy when he's sitting in the driver's seat and he's going in fifth gear. We know what it looks like and we know he's still capable of playing like that. I just think for Rory McIlroy, what he's always tried to do is make those weeks feel simple. Yeah. How can I make this week feel as simple as possible? Because I know the questions I'm going to get asked on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Yeah. And I know what I'm going to feel like on the tee there on Thursday. I don't know and I'd wonder if he feels like that this week. Do you yeah. feel those jitters? You know, Justin Rose, and I brought this up a lot, but Justin Rose told me when we recapped his U.S. Open win one time, I get nervous four or five times a year. This yeah. is a week. This isn't a tournament. This is a year. I wonder for Rory McIlroy, do those nerves only come up a few times a year? Hey, Rory, how do you make it simple when it's something that you want so bad. Huh? I mean, that's the conundrum that he's facing. Well, there's facing. only been a few people that have done Absolutely. it, Absolutely. Not a lot of room on the top of the mountain. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. 
Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Hi, I'm Tyrrell, and I'm an angry golfer. Have you seen the worst golf shot? No, to answer the question. That was worth the wait, wasn't it? That Just so everybody knows, that was Tyrrell's commentary and not mine. That's terrible. That's actually disgusting. That was a blade, I reckon. I'd actually missed the entire golf ball. Hi, Tyrrell. Nobody like Tyrrell Hatton golfs John McEnroe. A couple years ago in Orlando at Bay Hill had himself a Sunday, Shane. Yeah, he made double at the 11th. Said he was hot on the tee at 12. Said his caddy Mick talked him off the ledge and said he hit one of the best tee shots he hit the entire week there at the 12th. That's what you got to do at Bay Hill. Ask so many difficult questions and so many people kind of limp to the finish that was not to be for Tyrrell Hatton finds the fairway so important it was deliberating between the seven iron and the six iron here went with the seven plan for a little adrenaline with the help of his caddy where you got to hit it hit it in the middle of the green don't look at the flag the flag does not exist when you need a two putt par to win able to do that knocks it in big fist pump first PGA Tour title for Tyrrell Hatton great moment all smiles with that cardigan on it's time now for our past champ chat. And Tyrrell Hatton joins us now. Tyrrell, reading back on your win here in 2020, you gave a ton of credit to your caddy, Mick, for the way he handled things down the stretch, talking you off the ledge on the 12th tee club, and you perfectly there at 18. How big was he on Sunday? Yeah, obviously Mick um, did, a, did an amazing job that day. Um, it was it was playing so tough and yeah just kind of words of wisdom when I needed it and you know helped with uh, picking the right club on 18 and and um, yeah like he, he's he's brilliant he's got so much experience and of course you hit the shots down the stretch and you win the red card again the history of Bay Hill the pictures of Arnie in the clubhouse when you reflect what was the greatest significance of the victory in your mind. Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously it was um, obviously extra special to win here. Um, but I think just getting, you know, getting over the line winning my first PJ Tour event was was massive for me. And um, yeah, obviously to do it at such an iconic venue as well was was very special. Tyrrell, why is it that Bay Hill plays so tough, especially over the last few years? Uh, I mean, the rough. The rough's pretty pretty thick round here, um, but the greens they get so firm and fast. I mean, I played I played 18 holes yesterday, and I was I was amazed at how fast the greens were for a Tuesday. Um, yeah, that's definitely I think the hardest thing because 
like I said, they get so firm, and uh, if you if you're not on the fairway, you you can't. You're, you're struggling to keep the ball on the greens. Tiro, do you prefer this type of golf, or do you prefer what we saw earlier in the year, where you're going to go out there and have to shoot 25, 26, 2700 to win? Um, <laughs> I guess I, I would I would say this this type of golf. Um, you, you kind of you can't get away with. Uh, too many bad shots um, otherwise you'll get severely punished and um, it, it's, it's nice to, to play something different you know with it being harder uh, there are a lot of weeks where the course is quite soft and like you said scoring 25 26 under to, to win the tournament so um, yeah it's uh, it's going to be a tough week and certainly one I'm looking forward to well Tyrell you poke fun at your temper for example in those great videos with the social media team at the DP World Tour but is you know you pop your thumb and have fun but are you working on that side of the game or is this like hey world this is who I am and this is how I play my best golf uh, yeah I mean I wouldn't say I'm, I'm working on it I'm definitely more on the 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 line of this it's just me um, you know so that there'll be some some days where I'm able to to keep myself calmer and there'll be other days where I'm just more frustrated so um, that that's just me as a person um, I don't think I should try and change uh, who I am who I am naturally and uh, you know as, as long as I'm not affecting playing partners and things like that then you know that that's that's where it becomes an issue um, but hopefully I'm sure. Well, I'm sure guys would say um, during or after the round if I if I was being um, too much, um, and you know that's that's absolutely fine. I, like I said, I I wouldn't want to affect playing partners. Terrell, I have long said that you are absolutely worth the price of admission. If I was going to go out and pay to follow somebody for 18 holes, <laughs> you'd be that guy. Who would you pay in theory to go out and follow for 18 holes, and why? Oh, who would I? Oh, I don't know. That I've, tough question. I've I always struggle with put on the spot. I never. I can never think of a, a good answer. You, you've done me there. <laughs> I'd say Tiger Woods might be a, a throw. A, Tiger a, a, always throw Tiger out option. There. You never go wrong <laughs> with Tiger. Well, I was. I was I was more no no. I was more going on the line of who you're gonna enjoy like watching some head offs and stuff like that. I didn't obviously. If you go if you go in that route, then yeah, prime tiger all day. Right, or, or maybe John Rahm. He gets a little uh, testy and can be fun to watch uh, from time to time, as you know, a Ryder Cup pal of, of yours. You know, as, as golf <laughs> broadcasters go, our mindsets have switched, Joe, as you probably know. It's March, big time events, Florida swing on the horizon, the Masters. How yep. much does your mindset change this time of year, knowing what's coming? Um. Well, I, I mean, I would say it's something to look forward to. I think we kind of know our schedule in the build-up to the Masters. Um, but it doesn't, for me personally, it doesn't change how I go about and play um, and, and practice. I, I try and prepare the same for, for each tournament. Um, you know, I, I'm going to be taking a week off before the Masters, but I'm about to do 
four in a row from now. So I feel like I'll be plenty, plenty enough prepared for that week. Um, and it'll be my sixth Masters, which, you know, that's that's something to look forward to. And But more importantly is is trying to, to, to play well this week and, and build some momentum. Terrell, we had a, a big debate in the office this morning about this question. The question is, how far can Tyrrell Hatton throw a golf club? Now, some answers were 30 yards. Some people were saying 70 yards. How far do you think you could chunk a golf club? Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour, and they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com, to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Off club. <laughs> oh, um, I'd like to think that I've probably got close to 50, maybe f at least 40 in the locker, yeah. <laughs> Full send. 50 yards, that's a big arm, kind of like a, a Tom Brady. I mean, Tyrrell. Get him in the Olympics. Get him in the Olympics, absolutely, Tyrrell. A lot of fun chatting with you on the reel. We wish you the best of luck as you try to win at Bay Hill for the second time in your career. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. All right, the Englishman, Tyrrell Hatton, take a look at his tee time alongside of past champ and Mark Leishman. You see David Lipsky replacing Jason Day in this group. Jason Day having to withdraw from the Arnold Palmer Invitational, in fact, doing so for the third time in the last four years. All right, folks, the LPGA returns this week. Seven-time major champ NB Park reflects on her career and how the game of golf is changing. Time now for NB Park Appreciation. 21 LPGA wins, seven major champs, a couple of those wins in the HSBC Women's Champions back in 2015. That wire to wire did not card a bogey for all 72 holes. Excuse me? Yeah, yeah, no bogeys. 72 holes. 72 holes, and so 2017. Win tournaments. Win again. I mean, why not? This is what LPGA Hall of Famers do. Course record 864 in the final round it was her 18th win on the LPGA Tour. And yeah, you need a, a really kind of robust full screen, we'd small, say, in the business. Small font. Small Very font. Small font. I'm not sure you can fit them all. You can fit them all on one page, but we somehow did it. Gold medal you want to talk about? Youngest to qualify for the LPGA Hall of Fame. Number one for more than 100 weeks. Player of the year. Two-time Money leader and the Vair Trophy winner as well. Let's hear from the seven-time major champ on the state of the game. To be honest, nothing's really changed in my game, but the world is changing. 
and the new gen new generations of golfers are emerging and um, I have less spot to stand on. I think that's really what it is. And it's just, you know, I'm aging and there's a lot of, you know, young competitive golfers are coming up and yeah, just like I said, it's just, you know, less ground to stand on. Um, and I think it is just really, really natural thing. And, um, you know, I'm 33 years old and, you know, my prime time when I was playing really good was like mid, mid twenties around that time was I had my time and, you know, there's so many players out there, um, having their time. So, um, I feel like I'm playing still playing still, you know, very good golf, but, um, you know, even though I, make less mistakes and you know i'm probably hitting it a lot shorter than the um the, the a lot of the girls out on the tour so that really makes it tougher to play um better um and yeah i mean that's i mean i really don't think there is anything changing in my game but yeah <laughs> It has became very tougher to win for me than when I was in 2013, 2015. Um, you know, back then I feel like, oh, I think I've you know played, made so many mistakes, but I'm still finished in top ten. You know, sometimes oh, I feel like I miss few mistakes, but I still won. Mm -hmm. But now, you know, I feel like after 72 holes, oh my gosh, I don't. I think I played so good, and then I think I maybe mistake one or two. But I barely got inside top 10. But when you play perfect, I might be able to win. So I think that's kind of different um, than what I have um, before. Amy Park saying she hasn't changed. The game has. So we decided to break down the numbers. Height of power, Envy, 2013 when she won three majors. First in putts per green. Last season, she was second in putts per green. Relatively unchanged driving distance 245 2013 241 last year but look at her driving distance rank 77th height of power 148th last year you know Shane in 2013 Nicole Smith led the LPGA in driving distance at 274 yards two players were north of 270 Nicole and Lexi last year 13 players were north of 270, led by Ann Van Dam at 290 yards a pop. I mean, Inby Park very clear-eyed on the evolving game. The problem with sports evolving for legends is that they become the collateral damage, right? I mean, it's either you get passed by or your skill set starts to deteriorate. The thing with Inby Park that I would disagree with her on here is her skill set isn't deteriorating. Her skill set is her brain, yeah. which has been one of the best in the history of golf, and her putting stroke, which I would also argue is one of the best in the history of golf. I, I go back to the Winter Olympics that we just had here on NBC and Sean White. You know, he was the guy that taught all of these young athletes how to do what he was able to do. And Sean White doesn't finish on the podium, kind right. of his last run at the Olympic Games. He's watching all of those young athletes that learn from him now use what they learned from Sean White to beat Sean White. That will not be the case with NB. And I would push back on NB again. She said she's aging. She's 33 years old. And she said she's got to play her best to win. She won an event last year by five shots. When you win by five, you've still got the ability to showcase your A game. Her A game can still win, but to her point, her A game can't dominate like yeah, it used to. It can win and maybe not win, though, as often. Right. And there are just other fish in this pond now, and fish that NB Park didn't see back in 2013, and the likes of Patty Tavitanikin and Nellie Corda. I mean, it is an evolving era, and I think she's very clear-eyed on the evolution of the game. And, yeah, we've seen players throughout the history of sports add a wrinkle or two, whether it's a fadeaway jump shot 
for Michael Jordan or Kobe Bryant or a baby skyhook for Magic Johnson. Some players are able to evolve and extend that greatness. But I think that M.B. Park is seeing, yeah, I'm still a great putter. I'm still a great player. I'm still one of the greatest of all time. But I just don't have as many spots to stand on as I did seven, eight years ago. We talked about this with Ricky Fowler in terms of driving distance, where Ricky Fowler was kind of a middling driving distance tour pro, and now he's been the bottom, if you will, on the PGA Tour. Think about Dustin Johnson even being so dominant with that driver for so many years. Rory McIlroy. Now it's normal to hit it. Rory McIlroy and Dustin Johnson distances. You've got to be great somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, the thing with NB, as I said, is the putting is there, but the mind is there. Yeah. And the mind is what been able to extend careers in all sports. Think about some of the great athletes that we've been able to watch, LeBron and Serena and Tom Brady. I mean, this is a mind game for these yeah. players, and that's why they're still able to compete and they're still able to win championships. Roger Federer, another example of that, a, a person that is so good mentally that it doesn't matter if he's 38 and he's playing a 25-year-old, he can still find ways to win. And going back to MB's year last year, I mean, the win by five shots, but she had two seconds and a third last yep. year as well. She can still get herself in the conversation and get herself in contention. I think MB Park can still win multiple times in a year, but what we saw her do back in 2013 I mean, when you're talking about high to power, I mean, that was a Tiger oh, level. Legendary. Golf. I just wonder for players like NB doing this for such a long time. You look at Lexi Thompson in the spotlight since she was a teenager, <laughs> Lydia Ko. I think we're going to see an era of these players that are saying goodbye in their mid-30s right. and not wanting to sustain or just unable to sustain dominant stretches into the 30s and 40s where maybe, you know, 20, 30 years ago when you didn't have 14-year-olds winning on the LPGA Tour, it was a little bit of a different era. It's interesting to see the difference in terms of age on the LPGA Tour versus the PGA Tour yeah. because what we saw last year is we saw older players contend and win. I mean, think about Phil Mickelson at the PGA Championship at Stuart Sink and Brian Gay. I mean, these players were winning golf tournaments late into their 40s and into their 50s, and it's wild to look at the LPGA Tour and mm. see players that are 33 talking about aging out, and I'll be interested to see what that happens happens in terms of that on the PGA Tour because we're going to see distance continue. We're yeah. going to see young players that can hit it 320, 330, 340 on average. Yeah. Will that eventually push older PGA Tour mm. players out like we potentially could see now on the LPGA Tour with somebody that's, again, yeah. 33 years old? It's a great point. I'm with you. I don't think we've heard the last of NB Park, but maybe just a little bit harder and harder to win. Golf Today, brought to you by PointsBet. It's Golf Today, special week in golf. Everybody remembering the king this week as we play one of the toughest tracks on the PGA Tour, Bay Hill Club and Lodge. Take your hat off before you walk inside. Yeah. If you're around Bay Hill and you take a picture next to that statue, D. I take my hat off at every club that I go to because of my time in Orlando at Bay Hill. Just a special week. Uh, I took a picture with the statue a couple weeks ago when I was in Orlando. I've done that a couple of times. Golf course just looks fantastic, just the way Arnold Palmer would love it. Listen, we're going to talk about some stuff this hour. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to get into some social media stuff in a minute because Tiger Woods uh, burned down Twitter today. What happened? Did you see what was floating what's around? What's going on? Well, you know, this, this PIP thing has been in our lives for the last year. And we right. were told by the PGA Tour we would not find out the results of who won the right. PIP. You remember the player impact program. Well, well Phil won. Phil, well, Phil told well, us. Phil, Phil, Phil threw that up, but the, the results have started to float out, so the oh. PGA Tour said, you know what, we'll, ju we'll just put out the results as well. This from the PGA Tour, the results of the first ever player impact program. And look at that. Second place is Phil Mickelson. First place 
It's Tiger Woods. There's been a few weeks where Phil Mickelson probably thought he won a tournament <laughs> and, or won something big, and Tiger said, no, no, no. On the list, you see Rory Jordan, Bryson, fifth, JT, DJ Kepka in eighth, John Rahm in ninth, and Bubba, I think maybe a bit surprising, Bubba Watson claimed tenth. Bubba Watson, great on social media, just surprised that in 2021 he was able to grab the tenth spot. But you mentioned the social media tweets from Phil Mickelson and then this is what he sent out last year I'd like to thank all the crazies and real supporters for helping me win the pip he said I, I won the pip two exclamation points it might multiple exclamation marks well then the news came out that it was in fact Tiger now Tiger does not jump on social much if ever mm. it's almost all corporate you know tweets and things about events and charities he's doing and he Decided to make a point today. Wow. Brief, like, you know, Shakespeare said, brevity, the soul of yes. wit, just simply whoops. <laughs> oh, that's a haymaker. That's that's a knockout punch. If you remember, remember Phil Mickelson interrupting the announcement years ago of Tiger Woods and all the wins he'd had yeah. that year. I feel like this is Tiger's moment to interrupt Phil Mickelson. Now, I know Phil Mickelson is not having a great 2022. He He's not, not having a good one. He's not even having a mediocre 2022. But Tiger, listen, if you're going to be a social media user, yeah. It's best if you use it when you know you've got gold. Tiger knew he had gold here. He won, in theory, the pip from that one golf swing mm. video last year. He might have just won the pip in 2022 by two emojis and one It's word. over already? I might. I'm calling it. I mean, the guy, let's be honest, he probably should win the pip yes, every should. year considering what he's done for yes. the game. But you're right. Phil Mickelson had a tough few weeks, and Tiger just kind of <laughs> – just kind, of, just kind of gave him a little elbow to the well, ribs. I mean, you know, you, you, we don't call the champion of golf tournaments when they're on the 70th hole. We definitely don't call it when they're on the 71st hole. Phil Mickelson, of all people, should understand that, you know, you don't yeah. win something until they hand you the trophy. And the PGA Tour handed Tiger Woods the trophy. And that tweet still floating out there from Phil yeah. Mickelson. I guarantee it didn't take long for Tiger to dig that up. Phil respond, you think? Or are you, no. are you at that point, no. you just kind of... I, I, I got a feeling social media not on Phil's phone right now. All right, a little aside. Of course, this is a very special week. Bay Hill Club and Lodge decided the Arnold Palmer Invitational. It was his longtime winter home. You see him there with Peter Jacobson. They were pals. You know, the rumor is they'd like to, like, Crack each other a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. give each other the needle, Peter told me. That's why they became such great friends. Of course, the impersonations that, that Peter would do of, of the king, of his idiosyncrasies after hitting the shot and you know, pulling the chest hair out to read the, the wind and hitching up the pants. I mean, Peter Jake's, what a special relationship. And we have Jake right now live from Bay Hill. Jake, it's great to see you. First of all, what's it like for you just driving onto the property at Bay Hill with so many memories? It brings back so many memories, Damon, and you're right. Arnold loved to give the needle. He loved to, uh, to, to accept the needle. That was the one thing that I think all the players of our generation had with Arnold is that fun relationship that we all miss. And that's probably the one thing that uh, is ever present here at Bay Hill and the Arnold Palmer Invitational. You know, you made famous the golf impersonations. Dee had brought it up just a moment ago. Your best, I'd say, was Arnold Palmer. What did Mr. Palmer say to you when he first saw it? And we're having some technical issues, but this is what we're talking about, oh. Dee. This is what you brought up. He pulled the chest hair out. He would do everything. Watch the, watch the follow through. Watch the recoil here. That's so good. You see, you've seen him do this full I display. Have, I have. All it's, the different players. It, it's, I mean, it's literally like from the beginning of pre-shot routine to the post. 
looking at it and the, the, the wave, the, I mean, the it's uncanny how good he is and at the that. belt yeah I mean, down to a T I got a chance to watch Peter Jacobson do this at Pebble Beach years ago yeah. years ago and to watch every single golfer that he would impersonate and watch all the movements the small movements it wasn't obviously just Arnold Palmer he could do everybody and he was so perfect at them but there was a lot of attention to detail there yeah think about how important a man like Peter Jacobson is to who had that relationship with Arnold Palmer so much about golf is kind of the telling of stories and the linking of generations and, and Peter Jacobson is one of the most important links to Arnold Palmer as someone who was his friend someone who you know can tell those stories and pass those on to us in the viewer at home and that's what's so special about golf how much the generations are tied together if you missed the David Faraday interview from yesterday when David Faraday had talked about the first time getting a chance to meet Arnold Palmer and Arnold Palmer coming up to him playing yeah. together and knowing things about David Faraday we've seen legendary players take pages out of the Arnold Palmer book looking up stuff about players you hear now of young players saying that of Tiger Woods getting a yeah. chance to play with Tiger and Tiger knowing things about these players resume knowing what they did in college or in their amateur world or even on the Corn Ferry tour it's an it's a nod to the respect you have as a fellow professional golfer because yeah you're not gonna have 80 wins mm. you might not have five wins on the PGA Tour but you're playing on a PGA Tour event at a PGA Tour golf course you should get the respect from your peers and that's something Arnold Palmer did incredibly well and it's something that some of these other athletes and famous golfers and stuff are doing as well and it's really kind of a nod to Arnold Palmer. He, he respected his peers he also respected the media you know how fraught sometimes the relationship between a player yes. and a member of the media can be it can be tense Arnold Palmer really you know until the, the end of his life had a wonderful relationship with so many of us in the media back in 2016 I was fortunate to go to to Oakmont and cover that U.S. Open but as the day that we got our show got rescheduled because of the rain I got to go to Latrobe with a number of broadcasters and spend an afternoon watching golf with Arnold Palmer and he was very sharp and at one point Jason Day was hitting a shot out of the rough and they had a slow-mo and I'm like looking at Mr. Palmer how did he how does he do this shot and, and he says well if you don't watch this 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 highlight you might miss it like he just <laughs> he was still sharp he loved having people around him he wanted us to ask him any question under the sun he just wanted to be in our company and share stories and make us feel like the biggest person in the room where everyone knew who was the biggest person in the room. We talked about Rory McIlroy's win at this event in 2018, and I love this quote he had after the victory. He mm -hmm. said, I wish he, of course, talking about Arnold Palmer, I wish he would have been at the top of the hill to shake my hand when I came off the 18th green, but hopefully he's proud of me. With the way I played the back nine, I tried to be as aggressive as I could and tried to take on shots when I needed to, just like he would have mm. and you think about that great moment with Jordan Spieth and Michael Greller at Augusta National what would Arnie do here yeah Mike and he hits the shot out of the pine straw on the green there at 13. These young players know the history of Arnold Palmer. They might not know everything about course designers that they're playing, and they might not know everything about winners from the 1970s and 1980s, but they know about Arnold Palmer. They know who he was, and even if they never met him, they've mm. read about him, they've watched the way he interacts on TV, and they respect the heck out of him. I've had a couple of times to, to take photos with him and be in his company, and I think that if you're a golf fan, and many times throughout uh, history of Golf Channel, we've asked people to send in photos. This was one of my earlier days at Golf Channel and just be able to spend some time with him and, and for him to thank us for, you know, helping bring his channel, his dream 
to life. Just one of the really, really cool moments that I had with the King. And we've got Peter Jacobson back on the line. And Jake, I'd brought up the impersonations that you'd always do with different players. And I was just asking kind of the first time Mr. Palmer got to see you pulling off your impersonation of him and what he had to say about it. Well, I did that back when I was in high school and college just uh, for fun. And I was doing a an outing together with Arnold and a couple other players. And one of the players, D.A. Wybring, said, hey, why don't you do Arnold? And I thought, oh, he's sitting right there. I can't do that. But I did it. And Arnold got a chuckle out of it, thank God, because if he hadn't enjoyed it, I never would have done it again in my life. But it was so much fun to see him laugh when I would, when I would obviously, I would exaggerate the Arnold Palmer mannerisms, checking the wind by pulling the hair out of my chest and all of the all of the head bobs and things like that. But Arnold Palmer was an unforgettable player, an unforgettable person, and he left quite an indelible mark on the game of golf in the history of the game and certainly evidenced by this tournament, the Arnold Palmer Invitational this week. Jake, life is filled with so many sliding doors moments where a left turn takes you down a completely different life. Can you imagine your life without Arnold Palmer. It's funny you say that, Damon. I was just talking with Mark Rolfing in the uh, lunchroom. We were talking about that. Mark has a great history with Arnold. I remember going to my first Arnold Palmer golf party in Hawaii at Kapalua when Rolfing was working there. It was a nine-hole design that Arnold had done. I played in this as a rookie. I met Arnold. I met Mark Rolfing. I met Tom Rohr, Don Drysdale, all these people. And from that point on, my relationship with Arnold Palmer and Mark Rolfing has, has blossomed into something I never would have imagined as a kid coming out of the University of Oregon joining the tour. But that's, isn't that what the game of golf is all about? The relationships we, we meet, we have, and we have a chance to grow in the game of golf. I'll be 68 years old this week, and I've been so fortunate to have gotten everything that I have through the game of golf, thanks to people like Arnold Palmer. Peter, I want to ask you about the golf course specifically this week. Bay Hill has been one of the toughest tests on tour the last few years. I know something Arnold Palmer would be very, very happy with. What should we expect in this 2022 edition? Well, you're going you're gonna to expect high scores. Uh, it's always been, as you mentioned, it's one of the most difficult golf courses we play year in, year out. Don't forget. When Arnold bought this property back in the, I believe it was in the early 80s, he envisioned a U.S. Open being played here at Bay Hill. He envisioned a major championship. But he didn't get that, but he's got a golf course that plays like a major championship. Year in and year out, they have, they're the hardest greens to hit on tour. The opening stretch, one, two, and three, and four, are some of the most difficult holes on the golf course. So there's no way you can get comfortable as you start you're round any day here at Bay Hill. You're, you're hitting the face right off the bat with that tee shot at number one. So we may not be a major championship site, but this has the feel of a major. Jake, you're among the group of people who really care about the state of this event, especially since Mr. Palmer's passing. How do you think the tour and the players are doing in keeping his memory alive, but also protecting the importance of this tournament? Well, I think in recent comments with Norman and Mickelson and all that, it's not about money. It's about the communities in which we play and the charities we represent. We're all here. These organizing committees are doing what they can 
to raise money for their charities in these towns. And that's what Arnold stood for. He knew that, he accentuated that, and he lived that. So that's the most important thing, and I hope that message is getting across to all the players you see on the range behind me. It's great to see him hit 350-yard tee shots, but it's really good to see the money that's raised from the Arnold Palmer Invitational. It literally changes lives uh, in the communities and the charities we represent. That's what Arnold stood for. The great Peter Jacobson. We appreciate the time, Jake. We'll talk to you soon. You got it. Thanks, guys. We'll see you. We're back on golf today. Final day of the Darius Rucker Intercollegiate underway at Long Cove Club on Hilton Head College Central. Get you ready for the final day of action at 2 p.m. Eastern. We have a uh, team leaderboards. Wake Forest out front at plus six, and they're playing some golf right now. Hey, you see uh, Arizona State third. So you're not happy about that, right? Are they too high for you? They're too no, high? I don't know. It's you're okay. They're kids. They're listen, just kids. I'm 38, D. And I, I'm not going to root against young athletes. But if another team won, then that's okay. If USC was on the board, I might not be as <laughs> charitable as you. Oh, no. <laughs> no. I know your style. You're not rooting against anybody. No, I want to see them do well. Individual leaderboard, Carolina Lopez Shikara. Four players under Par. That's some news around Stanford. I mean, this team is one of the great collegiate golf teams in the history of sport. Men, women, otherwise does not matter. Another team win. So they suffered their first loss last week. Mm. What do they do after the loss? Well, they come out and break all these records. Winning the, what is it, Gun Rock Invitational? Yeah. 35 stroke margin of victory. 35 shots. That's not a typo. They shot 50 under. That's also an NCAA record by four shots. And speaking of records, just keep on going. Rachel Heck, eighth victory, set a new school record, 54 holes, 18 under par, and just missed out on tying the NCAA record at 19 under. She's wow. gonna win double digits, I can guarantee you that. Rachel Heck, Rose Zhang, I mean, they, it'd be like Bird and Magic playing one-on-one. -on -one. I'd love to just see them practice together, you know what I'm saying? Uh, speaking of Sanford, you wanna go way back? You wanna go way back on a Wednesday? Let's do that. Let's go way back. How far back? How about 01, maybe? Yeah, yeah, we'll start with 01. This is a, a fellow by the name of Tiger yes. Woods. Uh, great at Twitter. Yes. Also a good golfer. And you asked earlier, you know, why is there not a lot of playoffs at <laughs> just Bay Hill? Because he beat Phil by one shot. You know, Arnold Palmer famously told some folks close by, told you he'd make it. Then 08, get, get, get used to this putt going in the middle. Yeah. Of you asked why there are no playoffs at Bay Hill. Again. Because uh, Tiger gets 18 and go, uh, you know what? I don't need help on a read. I got this one. So good. And then the next year, very similar. This time, Sean O'Hare is a shot back. Hey, uh, Tiger, do you know that read? Uh, yeah, I got that one as well. And look at just these, these great interactions. The cat and the king. I mean, it just that's, that's golf royalty right there. Now, he did not need to make a putt at the 18th to win in 2012. He'd win this one by five over Graham yeah. McDowell. First win in three years. Joey LaCava on the bag. Sean Foley in his ear. Then 2013. Oh, this one a great moment. This, be, this game became a commercial yes. you know, at, at some point. It was really, really neat to see the dominance of Tiger at the API. So eight wins. Then you got two for Tom Kite, Lauren Roberts, Ernie Els, Matt Every. Our own Gary Koch has two titles, but one was at gotcha, Bay Hill. Gotcha, I, gotcha. I want to give our NBC colleagues some love. Um, 18 starts from Tiger Woods at Bay Hill. Eight yeah. victories, 10 top 10s, 15 of 18 times he'd finish in the top 25. 
I, I feel like all of that was lost as we were watching Tiger do his thing. You know, yeah. we go, oh, he finished another top 10, another top 25. And now we see how difficult it is to go on these types of stretches. And it's a reminder of just how incredible Tiger was. Because even when he played bad, he would still finish high. There was a line of thinking that I heard that was critical of Tiger. Well, if you take away Augusta and Bay Hill <laughs> and Torrey Pines well, do that. and Akron. I mean, come on. That's part of the legacy. I was there for the 2012 win, by the way. It was his first win in three years. I wrote the game story for Sports Illustrated. It was so fascinating. Tiger had been such, as you know, so dominant, and the golf fan had missed him so much. So all of a sudden, people are running around Bay Hill and chasing him like it was 2000 all over again. I'll never forget the scene in the parking lot after he got the win. Jim Bones Mackay, at that time, on the bag of Phil Mickelson, goes up to Tiger, congratulates him. It was like, this is one of Tiger's greatest rivals, Caddy, and, and he was up there with Tiger. They always had a pretty good relationship, despite the sometimes friction between Tiger and Phil. It was just neat to see that this was a win, even in 2012, that kind of transcended rivalries. Tiger eight times a winner at Bay Hill. Yes. So eight wins. Again, you think about Tiger and the legacy and the majors and what all he's done. And that is as many wins as Brooks Kepka has on the PGA Tour. That is as many wins as Bryson DeChambeau has on the PGA Tour. That's one more victory than Webb Simpson has on the PGA Tour in his career. And that's more wins than Ricky Fowler has at one place at one golf course. Tiger, I think, one of Tiger's most underrated skills was understanding golf courses and falling in love with those golf courses and never thinking about the negative. He would always see the positive from the first tee through 18. You mentioned some of the golf courses that Tiger was so dominant at. This is the golf course Tiger won a junior amateur at, right? Yeah, 1991. This is someone who I think, and this is a long ago story when I talked to Earl Woods only one time, he said, Tiger wants to beat the damn course. Like, yes. like it's, he takes it personally. He takes it as an affront. How am I going to figure out a way to beat this golf course and everyone on it? How am I going to solve this from angles to play, from clubs to hit, from Hoy Lake to Bay Hill to St. Andrews to Augusta National? You know, who in the game, in the history, has thought about golf at the level that he has? I've He's been, playing chess. We're all playing checkers. I, I, this is just stay with me here. Yeah, okay? I'm with if you. you don't mind. I, yeah, know, yeah. I know it's Wednesday. Yep. Stay with me here. Yep. I've been watching the, the Kanye West doc okay. on Netflix. <laughs> did not know you were going there. And I did, I did a deep dive just kind of on the albums of Kanye West okay. and his ability to change what he did in each album and try different stuff. And those things always would work mm. for Kanye. And you think about Tiger Woods' approach to different golf courses, he would not bring the same game to different golf courses. Yeah. He knew certain parts of the game would work well here and others would work well here and he was able to adapt think about that in professional golf think about how often we talk about Roy McIlroy in the wedges mm. or Jordan Spieth and the driver or Colin Morikawa and the putter or Victor Hovland around the greens yeah we never did that with Tiger. Yeah. It always worked. And if certain golf courses you had to pitch the ball better or you had to play the ball on the ground, Tiger wouldn't try to change his game, right? I mean, Tiger would go and say, this golf course is asking that. That's what I'll do this week. The knack to solve golf courses and the knack to win the big-time event. You don't think Tiger knew the importance of Bay Hill, the importance of the Memorial Tournament, the, the importance of winning at the old course in St. Andrews where, you know, Bobby Jones and Jack Nicklaus said you have to win yes. to be remembered in this game. He had a knack for solving golf courses and obviously a knack to raise his level. When Jack waved goodbye to the game in 2000 and 2005 at the old course at St. Andrews, what did Tiger do? He went out and won. I mean, the, the guy just he was playing a different level of golf and sport. I think he would have been successful had he picked up a golf club or a cello. <laughs> That, I mean, you just don't – you can't be satisfied when you're brilliant. Mm. I mean, that's one of the keys to being 
brilliant to be in the outlier to yeah. being one of the goats if you will yeah. is not being satisfied I mean you watch the transition when you saw those videos of Tom Brady when he got in the league versus when Tom Brady was gone and he looked younger yeah. when he was done playing NFL football as he did when he joined the league he, he was able to kind of adapt change the diet change his approach change the way he felt about his body LeBron James spending a million dollars a year on his body and now that seems to be a normalcy in the NBA Chris Paul saying I now spend a million dollars on my body understanding that to be great and to be great late in my career I've got to do mm. these types of things to just never be content when you get to certain levels D when you're a high school player and mm. you're the best high school player in your area all of a sudden you go to college and now there's a whole bunch of great athletes yeah and when you get out of college and you go to the professional ranks everybody there is good you've got to find a way to improve on the brilliance that got you there mm. and there's nobody in the history of sport that has improved on their brilliance as good as Tiger Woods did year in and year out to bring this hour full circle we started with the pip and Tiger I mean, there's a reason Tiger has set this table for this generation of young players who are following in his footsteps and hoping to have just a scintilla of the career that Tiger Woods had. You want to go through some uh, Bay Hill amazing moments? Are you, are I'd you love good to with do this? it. Bay Hill, I love this tournament. Bay Hill beauties, if you will. Fantastic. This, of course, Robert Gomez. I mean, this is 1990. Greg Norman thinking Greg's going to win this tournament. I mean, how many times did the man, man have his heart broken? You know, we, we say you say you got snake bit. Greg yeah. Norman is like he got shark bit. You know, I mean, every mm. single event, it seemed like people would be chipping in and holding yeah. cuts and. Knocking in wedges. This we showed this earlier. This is one of the great moments in Bale history. Yeah, 04. Driver off the deck. Grandson Sam Saunders on the bag. And just kind of the, the reaction of the crowd, <laughs> but also of the grandfather and the grandson. Come here, boy. I mean, this is just this is too good. That's golf royalty right there. Uh, number 10 on the pip. Surprising. Bubba Watson, 2012. Oh, I hate it. It's gonna be awful. Eh. Not going to be. Oh, I get a bounce. I'll tell you what, the, the Bubba Pip, he's kind of old school. He's an OG. Oh, he was one of the first. Him and Stuart Sink. Hovercraft in the video. Ben Crane yes, as well. Exactly. By the way, is that a, a good way to, to describe the PGA Tour over the last 15 years? When Twitter started, it was Ben Crane, Stuart Sink, and Bubba, right? That's it. There you go. Those were the guys. Golf Twitter has changed. Here's Sneds. This in 2015, oh, he doesn't like it either. He's not going to like this one. Come on. Until he's going to like it. There's a one bounce. Oh. There's another one. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. It's not just about goes in. I like the difficulty of, of this golf hole. I, I just, you know. The last two are tough. They are. They are really, really There brutal. were three birdies on Sunday on the 17th and 18th combined last year. Three total birdies. Two on 17, one on 18. The one on 18 is a 50-foot putt. That was the only birdie on the closing hole last year. You've got to go off your ball to make a three on 18. No problem for Tiger. No problem for Rory in 2018. So you talk about 18. So where's 18 kind of rank with the rest of the PGA Tour? Very hard. Finishers. I mean, there you go. Toughest. Tougher than Quail. Maybe tougher than Wingfoot? Wait a second. <laughs> What's going on here? I played Wingfoot. <laughs> You didn't, you're not going to do I Kiowa? Didn't do, I knew any of them. I played all these courses except for Kiowa. I, I, I mean, it's <laughs> very, very difficult, Bay Hill. I mean, I, I tell you, I don't mind it. It's interesting, you know, the birdie, you know, listen, they go out there to make birdies. Right. I like a week where they have a little stress down the stretch. And to me, par and, and scores are just a number. Right. Whether, you know, five is not a horrible score sometimes at the 18th at Bay Hill. And four is a very good score at the 18th. 
I'm okay with that. Are you, or do you think there should be a little bit of softening of that hole? It's not about softening the hole. Okay. I mean, I agree with you. We, we've talked a lot about golf being very, very easy for the pro golfer right yes. now. My one thing with 17 and 18 is just like I talk about when we talk about easy golf courses is I need the ability for a player to make a bogey on the last hole, right? Mm. I need that to be in their minds because a lot of the time they get to 18 knowing I, I'm just not going to make a five, right? I mean, I right. hit it anywhere off the tee. I hit a wedge on the green. This is a golf hole, in my opinion, that doesn't really allow for a lot of threes. And so when that's the case, I'd like the whole location moved maybe just a little bit, even if it's a little deeper into the mm -hmm. green. Mm -hmm. The birdie putt last year, the only birdie putt is 50 feet. And what that says is it's so hard to get the ball close that you're not going to have a realistic birdie putt. And when you think about the way 17 plays as well, you're coming off the easiest hole in the golf course, the par 5 16th. Yes. You get the 17. Which is too easy, by the way. Too easy. It's, it's basically a par 4 for yes, these guys. It it's driver wedge. Days. I mean, the scoring average yeah. on Sunday last year was a shade over 4 yeah. on that par 5. But when you get the 17 and 18, I would just like one of the holes to have a hole location where a great shot could get close. And that is one thing you see at Bay Hill. Is 17, you can't get it close with that hole location on Sunday back, right? right. And 18, you can't really get it close. If the conditions are like they are, that we've seen over the last few years and what we expect now, it's it's just not possible to hit a ball to 20 feet. And when that's the case, I would just like a little change in the hole location to allow for those putts we saw from Tiger and Rory because you can't really hit it that close right Keep now. Keep the hole location. You heard what Jake said. Arnold Palmer wanted a U.S. Open at Bay Hill. He doesn't mind the toughness. He wanted that stress down the stretch. And listen, if, if it's going to be 18 pars, if it's going to be one birdie, uh, you know, on a, on a certain Sunday, you know what? Go out and make your four, which isn't easy to do either. But I'm I, okay I, with that. Yeah, but the, the thing, my thing always is I don't want the tournament to be over on 17T, or in this mm. case, 16T, okay. right? I mean, I want you to be able to, in theory, have a putt for birdie to tie for the lead and go to a playoff or to win outright. And what we saw last year, now yep. last year ent in entirely being an outlier, if you will, right. but what we saw last year with the whole location and the conditions was a realistic opportunity at birdie wasn't there for these yeah. players. So if you're one back on 18T, it's in theory but we over. did see Bryson have a stressful leg on a five, six-footer for par. It gave us one of those. <laughs> I mean, that became a commercial also. Lee Westwood fist-bumped the par save he there did, as well. Again, I mean, and again, you, and you're saying it, par is not a bad thing, four is yeah. not a bad thing, five is yeah. not a bad thing, but – if you can have a 20-footer for birdie, that would yeah. be nice. And last year, we didn't really see anybody That's get it close. Fair. That's a fair point. This is a healthy debate on a Wednesday edition of Golf Today. I think Kira K. Dixon is going to join us in just a little bit. We're going to hear from Will Zalatoris, who won the Arnold Palmer Award as PJ Tour Rookie of the Year. Getting feisty and hot just today. He's, he's working out. He's, he's getting big. huge. Golf Central Update, brought to you by Callaway Golf. So tomorrow's Thursday, and then a week from tomorrow is the Players' Championship. Returns to TPC Sawgrass. We kick off the week with live from the Players, Monday, 7 p.m. Eastern, right here on Golf. Last year, it was Justin Thomas rally to shoot a 400-par 68, win the Players' Championship for the first time, becoming only the fourth player to win a major, the Players, the FedEx, and a WGC. So what can we expect this time around? Because this is one of those tournaments, uh, championships, Shane, that you just can't really kind of handicap. You no. know, we've had the, the best in the world win, Tiger, Phil, Sergio. We've seen some kind of unexpected winners, Craig Perks, Tim Clark. It's just one of those events you just can't handicap. So how will you go about looking at this championship? Uh, do not uh, put a whole bunch of money on a winner this, week, this okay. next week at the players. That would be my advice for everybody. You said it. This is the hardest handicapping week yeah. of the entire year in golf. U.S. Opens are easy to figure out even when it moves week to week, year to year. 
when you look at the best finishes by a defending champion, I mean, have not seen back-to-back -back winners. You think about Rory McIlroy winning in 2019, missing the cut last year, missed the players in 2020 because of the pandemic. It is so hard to figure out how players can play at this golf course. This golf course is demanding one through 18. And that is, you know, you hear a lot of the players, ex-players on the call, talk about demanding par fives, and they say, Demanding par fives are when you've really got to think about all three golf shots. Mm. There's not an, an easy kind of a sleepy swing you can make. Maybe it's the layup or, you know, maybe it's the wedge shot. This is – there's no sleepy tee shot. Yeah. There's no sleepy second shot. All 18 holes ask so much of the player. If you're just slightly off, it's not just you're not going to win. It's not you're not going to make the weekend. They ask a lot of questions, and they also ask you to be bold. You know, Pete Dye wanted you to take on the yes. trouble. And I've had conversations with players throughout the years, especially John Cook, about the best way to play a Pete Dye golf course is not to shy away from it. You, you can't tiptoe through this graveyard. you got to shout through it. you got to take on some trouble and not be afraid to kind of be close to some bunkers and some water. So – Ultimate control of your golf swing is, is, is of huge importance. Obviously, control of your nerves as well. But ultimately, whoever is playing the best that week in particular, you can't really fake it around this golf course. But I love the fact that going in, you know you have to be bold. You, uh, you can linger, too. That's another thing that I always mm. love about Players Week. You think about some of the great final rounds that we've seen at Sawgrass over the years. They were showing Davis Love the third back in 03. What an unbelievable final yeah. round he had there as well. That shot will always remember at 16 out of the left pine straw on the green, you know, on the par five. This is a place, and even last year, you know, JT just kind of hung around and he was lingering on the weekend because it's a place, no matter the lead, three, four, five shots, it's so easy to lose that lead. You can lose it in a hole. You can lose it yeah. in two holes. Doubles and triples come up quickly on any of the holes, even on the front nine. So it is a place where lingering is allowed. And you don't have to have a huge lead and you don't have to be in that final group on Sunday. You can be in and around the lead come the weekend and have a great chance to win. This is one of the weeks. We talk about on the number a lot. Mm. This is one of the weeks. The players yeah. make it to Saturday. Make the cut. You'll have a chance. Make a move like a Kenny Duke. Make a move like a Justin Thompson. This is the, the week I get text messages and emails. Day when I'm considering going to the players, I say absolutely go. go. It's a golf course built for the fans. Yes. It's a stadium course where despite all of the, the bodies on property, there's almost always a good place to look at the golf. You can go hang out at 17. You can go to 16. You can walk around the golf course. You can find places to sit on the mounds and, and just enjoy. Well, hopefully be some great weather uh, in, outside of Jacksonville. It's going to be a lot of fun. But this is an event built for the fans. It's going to be fantastic to watch the players go about their business. Kenny Duke? Kenny Duke. Has anybody called Ken, him Kenny Duke? Before? I call him Kenny. Have you said you've done it before? I have. I have uh, never heard. I like it. I used to have his phone number, then I, call, I like texted Did him. you have it saved as Kenny or Ken? At Ken. I, okay. I saved this Ken, but I called him Kenny. But I texted it, and it was like he's no longer oh. at this number. So, Ken, if you have my number, Kenny. Come on, Ken. Hit a brother Kenny? back. Yeah. Either Ken. way, text D hack. Had one of the best rounds, by the way, at the player. I mean, he's underrated. Oh, the guy that place crazy. is so tough yeah. to go out there and put together a round of golf. Well, let's get a check on the Comcast Business Tour top 10. Kind of thinking about the players, by the way. Yeah. Think about these players because it's nice to be trending in the right direction when you get to Florida. I, I love seeing this, uh, this list. Hideki Matsuyama, we've talked about a Masters champ who's just gone on and continued to play great golf. Taylor Gooch had a wonderful week at the Players' Championship last year. Great to see him there. Of course, winner now on the PGA Tour. Kamurakawa, there's my guy to go on a great run over the next several weeks. I'm circling Joaquin Neiman right now Ooh. as we get closer to St. Andrews. I think Joaquin Neiman is going to very much get himself in the conversation at the Open Championship. Well, this week, check out the brand-new game you can't miss. PJ Tour Pick'em Live, powered by PointsBet. Make your picks, change your mind, climb the leaderboard. 
play for free today and submit your picks at pick'emlive.pgatour.com. Well, today is a use less stuff day. Did you know this? I did can, not. Can I let people behind the curtain? Okay. Our producer thought it was useless stuff day. And it is, in fact, use less stuff day. It's a mess. So I, I where, where do I start? So, okay. I apologize to Tabby Wright and, and the folks that help us. You know, yeah, we're this have to comp, find out some use less stuff. This is a key. Like, I don't even know what this key is. It does not look like a car. This is A103. It could be like an old apartment. So I'm a swimmer. In your golf. So, again, this is in your golf. <laughs> Put these on. I'm a swimmer, so these were these are in my golf bag. My boys play tennis at a very, very high level, so I've got these as well. So I stayed at Bay Hill one time and I stole the like the shampoo. I mean this is like like can you can you pan for me this? This is this is honestly honestly in the bag. This is one of the big three. This is the shampoo. This was in the bag. In your golf bag. You know you travel, you, you, you know, you never know you can take a shower, you get some shampoo. It will never be better. This is my golf bag. So today is National Old Stuff Day. Okay. We did not mess this up. It right. is, in fact, National Old Stuff Day. We asked people on social media, you know, to send in some stuff you have in and around your golf bag, some some old stuff, you know. Yeah. You got some old stuff. Chris Wood yeah, what's he got? jumped on social media. He has a banana. Oh, that happens. I've done that. The worst oh, thing in the world when you reach in bad. and it's an old banana. Yeah. It is a yeah. bad situation. No good. No good. This is Taylor. I have a 23-degree Cobra Golf Hybrid my dad gave me when I was in middle school. I still use it to this day, 14 years later. Hybrid has great pop on it. Don't get rid I of it. Go-to club for a 200-yard shot. Keep it in the bag. If Always going to have. If you love it, keep it in the bag. Always going to have a 200-yard shot. That is fantastic. So what is this? This is a... David. This is a, this oh. is a hickory putter, right? That is fantastic. That is really cool. So is that like a blueprint of a golf course in the background? How involved is David? David we need to talk to David. Get him on the show. Feeling it, David. He's... he's David, come on the show soon. Another Chris. Without a doubt, it's my flask. Okay. Because hell yeah, carries it through many a difficult round. Man, With some fine man. liquids throughout the years. 22 years and counting. Same flask in the bag. My golf bag's already in uh, Ponte Vedra Beach, so I, I don't have, you know, I, I have nothing to take out of a golf bag. You have so, a So I've, I've got some old golf stuff. Okay. So I was kind of going, I mean, you know, we're crazy people. Golf, we keep everything. Black. I had a yes. Twitter thread last year, and some guy kept divots in a Ziploc bag and would tape them on the wall of his room, of his office. I wow. mean, we keep everything. Yes, we do. So I was going through my golf room. What you got? Um, I mean, these are yardage books from when I played Ooh. mini tour golf. Like, this was early 2000s, Look and I have that. not get rid of This place... Rural Dunes isn't even called Rural Dunes anymore. It's changed names twice, and it still says Rural Dunes. That's Te how long. Is this Texas kind of specific? This is Arizona. This Arizona, Arizona specific. Um, this is a head cover I got for my first trip to Bay in the Dunes. Very cool. And I picked it up in the shop, and it happens Wait, to be Seamus. 2014? Yeah, no, this is even before that. Before and that. And this was okay. uh, the, my, my buddies at Seamus, who I became pals with Seamus from Gold, that. And, yeah. then, uh, and then I cannot get rid of this. Old stuff from golf. This is my caddy bib from my St. Andrews day. Wow. I've kept that thing uh, floating around. I even got my little... A little badge right there on it. See, slightly that, better than my yeah. goggles. You know man. what? I even, that is really cool. I think I've even got. I think I've even got. Uh, look at that. I got even got my old yardage books in there. These are my old St. Andrews yardage books. The new course. How the would you old rate course. your caddy skills? Were you, were you good? Did you dig in? L listen, I, I wouldn't. It, you weren't getting A plus from me, but I mean, it, I'd, I'd say I was probably like an 80, 85. I mean, you know, you're gonna you're gonna get a decent grade. Mom and dad are gonna be happy at home. This is really cool. I mean, this is the golf. You, you take it home how with you. This is look how wet this thing is. I, I would put them in like a plastic thing. You don't want to mess those up. No, I agree with you. Valuable, valuable things. Anyway, this is my old stuff. There you go. You know what? Just for old time's sake. What you got? There it is. I got the, go the goggles. There it is. Really 